Aviva Rabinovich here from Conscious and Carefree. I have the extreme pleasure today to be speaking with Bruce Lisker, a man whose bio actually takes my breath away. On March 10, 1983, when Bruce was 17, he came home to find his 66-year-old mother beaten, stabbed, and dying on the floor of their home. He immediately phoned paramedics, but his mother died later that day. In a horrible turn of events, Bruce was convicted of the murder and spent 26 years, five months, and three days in jail. It wasn't until 2009 that his conviction was overturned, when the courts found that it was based on the use of false evidence. Essentially, he was set up. Today, Bruce lives in Los Angeles and is happily married. I've asked him to join us, not to speak of his ordeal, but to share with us his strategies for resilience. Welcome, Bruce. Thank you, Viva. It's great to be here. Pleasure to have you. So I know that recently you celebrated a milestone on May 3rd of this year. This was the point in your life when all your combined days of freedom equaled the number of days you spent incarcerated. On that day, I remember saying how I was so amazed that you were able to face such a harsh reality without breaking. And you replied, we all break. It's what we do with the pieces that matter most. You said, and I quote, I just determined to master the crazy glue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> can you <laughs> share me. with us how you did that? Sure. I mean, it's it's not that uh, people with, you know, uh, who are happy, people who have, you know, happy lives have have an absence of setbacks or things that happen to them. That's not the case at all, is it? It's, it's that, um, you know, we, we know how to deal with those things. It's, we know what to do when those things happen, or if, even if we don't know at the outset what to do when those things happen, we figure it out somehow. And I think that's just, I just, I just determined that what had happened to me, the framing and the lengthy incarceration wasn't going to destroy me. And I think just, even even subliminally, it, it, once you set yourself on that path, then you endeavor to process everything that happens to you in a way that allows you to um, come out alive and and kicking, you know. And and you know the life in there. I mean, it's all about living in the margins. And so it's I'm no I'm no stranger to like figuring out strategies for for sort of you know getting this done or that done or or what have you, um, as one might imagine. And so that's, that's all helped. It also helped that I was 17 when I went in, which sounds kind of counterintuitive perhaps, but it's the fact that I was so young, we're still, our brains are still kind of mush. It's just still kind of liquid jello for the, for lack of a better term, you know, it hasn't completely set in the fridge yet. And, and so we're still programmed to, to learn and to adapt to, to new surroundings. And I think that my youth actually, um, is one of the things that allowed me to to do as well as I did in a backhanded sort of a way. That's so interesting because when you first started talking about this, my brain went in the opposite direction. You're right. I, I sort mm-hmm. of thought, wow, how did you manage to do to come up with strategies like that so young? Most of us, many of us, need uh, a little more uh, years under the belt before we're able to kind of step back and take that kind of perspective. So I thank you for sort of explaining that because you're right, it can go in both directions. It definitely does. I mean, in my opinion, it's like kids, if we sort of think about it, kids look around and go, oh, 
this is where I'm at. I mean, because they have to, don't they? You know, because you're born into this this strange world where a doctor, at least doctors used to slap you on the ass and, and you're like, what the hell was that? And then, you know, wonderful things happen, but then also uncomfortable things happen. We get sick for the first time. We're like, what the hell is this? And on and on and on it goes. You skin your knee and, and there's a lot of stuff that kids have to be able to adjust to and, and, and accept and kind of let be water under the bridge. Otherwise, we'd be horribly scarred by the time we're <laughs> it's probably why a lot of the i guess gurus for lack of a better word give people advice that we should approach new problems with a beginner's mind or that we should have a childlike wonder when we're going through life i think it's that kind of capacity that a lot of them are referring to the ability okay. to look at a, a new experience as a wonderful new experience, or perhaps not wonderful, but a new experience that you adapt to because you're used to seeing new experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So you'll forgive me here, but I'm going to quote Marcus Aurelius. I'm going to explain why I'm quoting Marcus Aurelius, because let's get real, this isn't a guy you talk about every now and again. I recently (laughs) read a book by Ryan Holiday called The Obstacle is the Way, and uh, it was about stoicism and explained how people often rely on, some major leaders in our world have relied on stoicism as a way to overcome major issues in their lives. And Marcus Aurelius was one of those original Stoics. He was the Roman emperor from the year 161 to 180. And he shared three strategies he used for turning obstacles into opportunity. So those strategies were, in his words, objective judgment, now at this very moment, unselfish action, now at this very moment, willing acceptance, now at this very moment, of all external events. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Bruce? Do you agree? Disagree? I totally do. It's all about this very moment. That's all we have. Because even just an, an instant ago, when we began, we began this call, that timeline doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. It's laid down. It's done. And the only thing that we could gain from sort of fixating on it is to become depressed and to become, you know, melancholic and, 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 or whatever, or no, it was a great beginning to a call. So sit there in, in a state of bemused bliss and kind of reflecting on it, but we're not present in the moment. All we have is the moment and that's all we can really wrestle with and deal with and make change in. That's, that's the only playing field that has any room for us to operate in. Everything else is, uh, doesn't exist. Actually, the past no longer exists. It was. And the future doesn't exist yet. Is that a belief that you've been able to employ to, I guess, get to a state of forgiveness? Yeah, it's, yeah, it definitely is. Because if I lived in the past, I mean, I could dwell in the past. I could become mired in the past. I could easily, and nobody would try to take it away from me, I don't think, just become stagnant in a sense of acrimony and and, and blame and, and hatred. And that's not the present that I want to exist in. That's here and now. I love that you say that no one would try to take it away from you because you're right. Mm -hmm. A lot of people imagine that they're justified in feeling the way they do about some horrible past event and something that you experience that is so harrowing Mm -hmm. sort of gives you that justification. So the fact that you've kind of been able to put that in your rearview mirror to me is just even more evidence that people who are experiencing things that you, that are potentially less disruptive could do the same. 
Mm-hmm. So obviously not a lot of people face the type of huge life-altering events that you mm-hmm. did, but we do all find ourselves in situations that we'd rather avoid. So I'm wondering if you have any advice for people who are facing events that they have no control over. Wow. Um, I always hesitate to give advice, but I could tell you what worked for me. And speaking of stoicism and, and stoics, my dad was an amazing example of that for me. Um, he, at 16, signed up for World War II after Pearl Harbor was bombed, and he went off at 16 years of age. He actually lied on his application paper, said he was 17, about to be 18, but he was 16, about to be 17, went off to war and and endured some of the most harrowing battles in the Pacific Theater, Tarawa, Tinian, Saipan. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> would say... It is what it is to me. And it, and it is. It is what it is. I mean, I don't know how that translates into, uh, into Latin, but I'm sure it sounds pretty profound. Um, <laughs> we can look it up after. <laughs> it is. It, it I don't know. Um, so, I mean, that, that really is. And, and to have somebody, oh, gosh. I mean, my advice is to find somebody, something that's an inspiration when you need an inspiration and to just deal with life as it is and not uh, not operate in the fears of the future or the uh, regrets of the past. It's amazing to me how something like such a tiny little statement, it is what it is, can mm. be so incredibly profound. Because if yeah. we can truly learn to be there, if we're not just saying it, if we're not just thinking it, if it's not just an expression, if we can truly learn to be in the moment and accept whatever's happening, it allows us to navigate life with um, oh, equanimity. Mm-hmm. Balance. Right. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because some of the most inspiring people in our world, I think, transform adversity by using their experiences as a platform to help others. And that seems true for you. I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about the work you're doing now. So, yeah, so I, I do, I volunteer teach a creative writing class in the juvenile halls, and that's really rewarding for me because it allows me to, to give back. There were volunteers that came in when I was in juvenile hall and locked in a cell and 23 hours a day for a certain port, portion of it. And um, those people really, you know, freedom comes in measures and some of it's total and some of it's, and usually it's not total, even for free people. You know, and but they were bringing keys in, and they were letting me out of my cell, and uh, you know, giving me giving me the keys to free my heart and free my mind, and and all of that as well. And uh, so it it just it's it's invaluable um, what a volunteer can do. And so I I wanted to do that. I wanted to be that for somebody who's sitting in juvenile hall specifically. And so I started doing the the teaching program. I also go in with a program to adult prisons program is called the freedom to choose and they do uh along the lines of university of santa monica spiritual psychology sort of levels of study um trioing and trioing is where there's a group of three people and it doesn't matter who's the prisoner it's uh we we term them participants or who's the the person who asks the questions or who's the person who sits and holds the, the quiet space while the other two are interacting. Because what it does is it elevates the 
all of us, we all up level and we get to answer some questions and, and be heard, which is in scarce supply in prison. Uh, not a lot of people want to listen. A lot of people, even if they seem like they're listening or just waiting for you to stop talking so they could talk. And it's, it's very impersonal in there, but in freedom to choose, you're actually bringing without even putting a word to it. You're actually bringing love. You're actually bringing compassion. You're bringing um, humanity into a setting that isn't known for that. And uh, the results are, are enormous. They're, they're massive. They're amazing. And uh, for all of us. And so I participate in that and I've, uh, been working on my book. I've been working on writing a book about all my experiences and, uh, that's going quite well these days. That's amazing. Mm. Do you do public speaking ever? I do. I speak out against the death penalty with death penalty focus. Uh, Mike Farrell, who was a former star of MASH, a lot of people will know. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's at or near the top of that organization, that wonderful organization, and I give whatever I can to that in terms of my time and speaking. I also speak with uh, Jim Gavin, who is uh, the LAPD lieutenant, who the internal affairs complaint that I filed against the detective that framed me was assigned to Jim Gavin to investigate. And he did an amazing job. Just the job that should have been done from the early days of my mother's botched murder investigation. And he is just an amazing guy. And we occasionally will speak uh, before ethics audiences at colleges. And that's very, very rewarding as well. That's amazing. If anybody wanted to follow what you're doing, are you available online anywhere? Um, BruceLesker.com. Uh, you can. Uh, there's a movie that recently came out as well, and that's that's featured there. You could link to it. It's on iTunes and Amazon, and video on demand. And it's going to be on Netflix in July, called Survivor's Guide to Prison by an amazing director named Matthew Cook. And so I recently did that. That came out a couple couple of months ago, and it's doing very well. And it's it basically identifies. It's a laundry list of areas that we have for improvement with respect to our criminal justice system, our penal systems. And so there's that. There's a 48 hours there. So it essentially covers an overview of what I do, and and there's a way to contact me as well. Amazing. I'll include those links on this podcast when it's live. One last question that I suspect may throw you, but I'm curious to know, given that we are talking for conscious and carefree, how you feel you're living a life that's conscious and carefree. Well, oh, it did throw me for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> Only for a sec. Um, <laughs> conscious and carefree. I mean, that's that's the goal, isn't it? I mean, that's the ideal, and that's what we ought to to aim our our spaceship for when we're shooting for the stars. Um, is to be conscious, present in the present that we spoke of earlier. And that's the only area of operation that we have available to us really is the present and to be present and to be conscious, um, is, is very important on our path, hopefully towards peace. And, and, um, I do that. My lovely wife, Cara and I here attempt to be conscious and or carefree as often as possible. (laughs) And we are inspired by your your blog and, and podcasts. Uh, the inspiration is mutual, I can assure you. Thank right. you so much for your time, Bruce. I'm really grateful. Thank you, Aviva.